Welcome to the Department of Counseling podcast. This is Dr. Bob Nations, and I'm with Dr. Shannon Warden. And we're delighted to have one of our faculty members with us today, Seth Hayden. Um, And Seth, would you take a moment just to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. Uh, I am Seth Hayden. I am an assistant professor in the Department of Counseling. I am in my fourth year here. Um, In terms of courses I primarily teach, I teach the research course, um, the career development course, as well as clinical mental health internship. Um, I have taught other courses as well, but those are primarily the ones that I focus on. Uh, My primary research interests are career development, um, the intersection of career development and mental health, and then the career and personal concerns of military service members, veterans, and their families. Mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah, Seth, you too. teach, which is really across our faculty, we try to teach both campus and the online clinical mental health counseling program. You're not a school counselor, but of course we have an online uh, school counseling program as well, master's degree mm-hmm. in both of those. And so you're, that's b- both. I think that's good uh, for future online students to know that they are seeing, they're interacting with the same faculty that are here on campus. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mm-hmm. teach in both programs and um, work very hard to do well in both and value uh, students in both programs equally for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed the opportunity to teach in both venues because I do think that it uh, affects my teaching in both venues to have that opportunity with the different modalities of instruction. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been really helpful for me as an instructor and hopefully is beneficial to the students. Yeah. I love it too, Bob. You know, Seth talks about his uh, interest in military counseling. And I, Seth, that's not my um, strong suit. That's not where I focus. Mm-hmm. But what I do notice from a lot of students that we're getting over the last few years in particular, there is more and more interest in being able to counsel that population. Are sure. you seeing that? Because that would be something you'd catch probably even more than I, but I'm getting it sure. a lot. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, I think with the current um, military engagements abroad and certainly with the drawdown to some degree of the conflicts in um, Iraq and Afghanistan, of course, that's a very fluid situation and changing. But I do think that there are a lot of people who are connected to the population who've had significant experiences and then have an inherent desire to be of help to those who maybe they've seen in their families or in their communities. Um, And so it's piqued their interest a little bit in terms of how can I be of assistance in a very uh, formal way, such as a counselor. And so I've seen that in a lot of conversations I've had with um, students and and other professionals that it seems like it's, it's, it's been there for a long time, but it does seem like there's even more of an emerging interest in, in providing quality services to this population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob, we've good. interviewed some students just recently, mm-hmm. and one of those is at in Fayetteville mm-hmm. on a military base um, doing practicum and internship. And Seth, you being a lead faculty for internship, you're seeing a lot of that, I'm guessing. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, one of the nice things I think about our program is we have such support for people who are trying to secure clinical placements. Um, you know, military-oriented um, uh, clinical assignments are tricky at times, but I think we have a lot of people who focus their energy on it and, and try to provide support, um, and both formally and informally. I think certainly there's opportunity within the VA as well as the Department of Defense, but those can be a little tricky at times. And there's also opportunity, I think, with the knowledge base of 
um, some of our faculty and, and support staff to kind of find other opportunities as well that may not be directly in the VA or the Department of Defense, but maybe in more community agencies that focus on how do we assist this population um, and other opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bob. You, you certainly have had experience uh, in working with the military population too. I'm always curious about our paths that lead us into sure. being counselor educators today. I know many of us start out with some counseling or have some experience in counseling mm -hmm. and then become counseling counselor educators. Um, tell us about your path. What interested you in moving from, because you had some experience in counseling as well, sure. to be a counselor educator today? Uh, for me, I guess the, the big part of it was the experience I had in my own preparation as a counselor and the connections I had with faculty members um, and just that mentorship that I received that um, really unlocked a lot of things within me that I didn't necessarily realize was there. And I just with that, I just had a strong desire to uh, do that for others. Um, specifically, there's a couple of professors in my master's program, and where my interest for the military really came from <clears throat> was one of my professors um, who I really respected. Um, I approached him about doing some research because I was thinking about a doctoral program, and he indicated that he hadn't thought of working with the military, and he was doing some research on that. And I was a civilian, didn't have, I mean, I've had extended family and, and friends who have been a, in contact by the, or in con connection with the military. Um, but uh, myself, I'm not a military service member. Um, but then I got into it and I realized, wow, there's so much here I don't know. And what if someone were to sit across from me who did have that experience? Would I feel competent in being able to work with them? And the answer was no. And so I kind of got hooked um, and has really kind of devoted a lot of my work um, to knowing more and also preparing other civilians like me to be competent in being able to assist this population. Because while there certainly is a strong connection with military service member to military service member, um, the likelihood is that they're going to meet somebody like me who's a civilian. And so how do I as a civilian make sure that I know enough to be able to provide competent service and be able to connect with them um, to ensure that they're getting their needs met. Um, and so that's kind of a big thought of my task is, is to try and do that, to prepare just myself but as well as others to be able to do that. And that came out of contact with faculty members um, in my master's program um, and then also into my doctoral program. And it's really kind of got me here. And North Carolina has got a high density of military population. So that's one of the many reasons why um, this has been a, a great fit for me in terms of my own professional path. That's terrific. And let's give a shout out. Who's your master's program, Seth? So I went to the University of Memphis. Memphis. Yes. I love how you say Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yes. So I did uh, my master's there in community agency counseling, which community agency counseling is most of those programs are evolving to clinical mental health. That was kind of yeah. where I was at the time. And I did my doctoral work at the University of Virginia. All right. Um, and we're glad to have you at Wake Forest University. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We are. Appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and I know those yeah. experiences that Seth has translates into how he uh, relates with our students, yeah. too, because that's always important for all of us as being mentors and supporters, and we want the best for our students. Yeah. So I'm, I know that that kind of experience helps you become a, be a better counselor, educator, and mentor with our students. Yeah, that's the part of my job that you would – I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things I love about it. But you really wouldn't have to pay me for it. I mean, to, to honestly, to work with students, um, 
you know, I've had a lot of students in the online program who I've worked with and helped them kind of develop ideas they've had to where they've gone and done presentations at conferences and stuff like that. That uh, it's just again, that's the part of my job. You really, I, I would, I just do it because it's so energizing for me to to work with them to see their goals and help them realize their goals and and kind of push them a little bit mm-hmm. beyond their comfort zone um, with strong encouragement and support. Um, you know, that's because again, people did it for me. And so I think it's only a natural that I pay it forward and, and something that I really do get a lot of, um, gratification out of in terms of what I do. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're a 50 year old campus program. Mm -hmm. We're about six to seven years in now on our online, uh, endeavors. And I like to tell people, not from a bragging standpoint, but we're doing it really well. Sure. And it's because of that passion that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's it's We don't see it as different. Hey, we're going to invest in these people because they're face-to-face differently. No, we are investing lots of hours, lots of energy, lots of passion mm-hmm. into all of our students in both the campus and the online clinical mental health, mm-hmm. campus online school counseling programs. And um, I get excited. I tell Bob every time we do an interview, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the cheerleader in me comes out, Seth. Sure. And it's exciting for me to hear. Um, you it know, just really is. it is. Yeah. And that we're, you know, we're a, you know, fairly large. We're not as large as some faculty go, but there are several of us that have different callings, different passions. And it really is, um, it's nice to know who our teammates are here on faculty. That, sure. That's mm-hmm. Seth's specialty, and that's Bob's specialty. This mm-hmm. is mine. And then mm-hmm. how we come together really to support the students. Yeah. And I would say that. I agree, absolutely. And the thing I really appreciate about the group of people we have here in terms of faculty members is that while we have differing interests, I think our core values seem to be the same. We're very Mm -hmm. student-centric. That's who we primarily focus our energy on. Um, We also, I think, are doing a lot of innovative and um, neat things in terms of our scholarship, but that's often focused still on the students. How can we have students be a part of that so Mm -hmm. we don't um, just kind of go do our thing, and then students are um, secondary. Students are primary, and then how does our scholarship, how can we have them maybe be a part of that, or how can we use what we know to benefit their training? So it's integrated, which I think is really mm. important. Maybe other institutions you wouldn't have as much of that. You might have a little bit more of a separation between what I'm doing over here and the teaching that I do, but here at Wake Forest, and I think in our department specifically, it really does seem to uh, fold well together and as a kind of integrated aspect of how we do things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bounce off that word, integra- integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions Bob and I are trying to remember to ask faculty is, um, how do you see uh, change happening through counseling? And so that's going to, that in part pulls on your theoretical orientation. Sure. How do you integrate theory <clears throat> with change? How does that happen? Sure. Uh, so for me, I tend to be more cognitive in my approach. So how people see the world and the beliefs they carry with them, I think, really affect um, how it is they interact, how they behave, how they feel. Um, And so for me, there's an element of that to it, but there's also kind of a relational component to it as well, because I do think that relationships um, motivate us really to do a lot of things in our lives, and, and we don't operate in isolation. Even people who are devoid of social connections are still relational beings. And so for me, when I'm doing my work, I tend to focus on the cognitive processes that people um, are experiencing as they move through life, and then also the relationships in which they're engaging in and and how it is that they're affirming, but then also maybe problematic 
at times, and how is that going to affect the work the work that we're doing in terms of moving forward? That I realize that I'm talking to a person who has a lot of other people that are part of their journey, and how does that affect um, the work that we're going to be doing? So we're not operating in isolation. I love that, and mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that students are hearing this, or Very future true. students. And they're making that leap um, of, hey, it's not that I just want to help people and I hope we can make some progress. It's very intentional. And so in that way, you're saying I approach it more from a cognitive standpoint, but I'm always aware of the relational. And as students get into the program, they get training. And then, of course, as they move on into their professions, they get more, uh, even more clear. They become even more clear on exactly what that means. But there's so much intentionality behind that. That doesn't just happen. Change doesn't just happen. Yeah, And it it evolves. I think it's evolved for me over time as, Mm -hmm. as the field moves forward. I think it's important that I be aware of new thoughts, new mm-hmm. innovations, and incorporate them to the degree that I'm able. But I do think that, um, for me, there is kind of a philosophy of how people operate, um, that there are theories that align with that. I think sometimes it's easy to get lost in a lot of the jargon and the language of theory. Um, I think for me it starts with, okay, how do I see people tick? Where do I think they get stuck? And then how does counseling help? Mm-hmm. And I think once I have some understanding of that, then theories can inform that kind of core philosophy that I have. Mm-hmm. And so that tends to be my approach in terms of theoretical selection. Of course, always being open to new ideas, also recognizing the limitations mm-hmm. of my approach and being willing to do things mm-hmm. to accommodate it when needed. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we've got him at Wake Forest University. Me too, Shannon. Don't go anywhere, <laughs> Seth. <laughs> right, Bob, what else do we want to know from Seth today? Um, I think the one thing that I'm curious about, too, is what, what is the best piece of advice you give people who are considering a career in counseling? I think for me, it's um, think about the way, what is the motivating factor for you to do this? Um, because I do think that um, I love my identity as a counselor, and I value it strongly. And it took me a while in my own life journey to kind of figure out that this is what I wanted to do. I kind of had a circuitous path of my development um, to finally land here. And I think, it, you know, motivating factors for me were I wanted to be present with someone else as they were trying to figure out their, what's going on with them and how things can be better. And, you know, for me, it's just... what be clear a little bit on what's motivating you to do it. Um, but also always be open. I think sometimes I see students who come in and they have a clear idea of I'm going to work with this group and I'm going to do this kind of thing, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. And I encourage you to be open to new experiences, new knowledge that may divert you in ways that you never suspected. When I started my, uh, counseling training, I was going to work with one particular population, and that was clear as day for me. And it was through experiences in my master's program where I moved in directions I never would have anticipated. Um, And I'm still doing that to some degree. So while it's great to have a clear idea, it's also important, I think, to be open. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you just might come across something that you'd never suspected that might become your life's passion in Mm -hmm. terms of a professional. So I encourage people to think about that as well. 
Oh, that's great. And I imagine as you teach internship, I know we teach practicum, we see students become affected so strongly by their experiences there, and it begins to alter what they're – the way they think about their the profession, about yes. the possibilities for their future. And that, that's kind of nice to see. So yeah, that no, I fulfills agree. that, that yeah. sense of being open. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And, you know, have, have somewhat of a sense of yourself as well. I think that's that good. is important because we are um, in a very personal profession. Um, and so we've got to, I think, have some sense. You know, we're all – there's always work to be done, certainly within my own life. I'm always trying to – you know, consider where I'm at and, and how I'm doing and what resources do I need to take care of myself. But I think it is important that I have somewhat of an idea of who Seth is, which then mm-hmm. helps me be better able to help other people when they're trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that there's something to be said for that. And whatever you got to do to figure that out, whether it be seeking out support, um, both formally and informally, um, yeah, I think there's um, some benefit to that kind of awareness mm-hmm. um, for us as professionals. I love it. Kind of the idea there is we're always growing, and and that's what we're asking students mm-hmm. to do too. We're not just saying, "Hey, you do it." Just much like the parallel there was with clients, we're not just asking clients sure. to grow; we're growing. That's not always so easy, but if we stay open to it, there's a lot of possibility. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bob, Dr. Seth Hayden, with us today. It's been fun. It has. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. I really enjoyed the opportunity and um, appreciate the, the opportunity to talk with you. Great.